Thank you. Stew. Well, does he like butter tarts? I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in myself. Cairo Knights. Rather we're in for Spike O'Neill. Can I ask? Can I ask a question of the the people back in the studio, Kevin? How old are you? Uh, how old am I? I'm 37. You're 37. Do yeah. you think Lem Steal My Sunshine is alternative rock? It's in the in alternative the uh, one hit wonders <laughs> playlist that I compiled. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. It's alternative to something. It is alternative. It's alternative uh, to good. Is that what you're saying? It's alternative to st- anything I've ever wanted. No, it's actually <laughs> alternative it's to songs. what you wanted me to play. Yes. <laughs> it, it is definitely alternative to that. To begin the hour. <laughs> all right, all right. Pearl Jam it is. Pearl Jam it is. Thank you. Yeah. This is Seattle. We have to play Pearl Jam at least once a day. I was going to say Pearl Jam, Nirvana. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe just look outside and see what's still uh, on the walls. The Screaming graffiti on trees, the walls from man, the early 90s. Not Len. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, the Melvins even. I mean, give me some. Anyway, not Lem. <laughs> not How Bizarre. <laughs> Not Barbie Girl. Eagle Eye Cherry? <laughs> anyway. Uh, not Honestly, not as bad. Not as bad as, as Lem, that's for sure. Uh, it's Cairo Nights. I'm Jonathan Weir. I'm in for Spike O'Neill. Thanks so much for joining us. And I'm, I'm just... Hey, by the way, Kevin, I, I actually am just mad because that song's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the night <laughs> now. I stole your sunshine. Yeah, you son of a... Uh, but we were talking earlier about what are the best heist movies where they get caught, where they actually get their comeuppance, where they don't get away with it. I think that that I, I like heist movies like that because they're real. Like you, you shouldn't you shouldn't have this elaborate plot and then manage to escape. So I'm just going to do a quick uh, five list, a J list, Jonathan with the list. I guess you'd call it a J list. It's not an A list, that's for sure. Of the best heist movies where they get caught. So. Uh, first, I'm going to go with the Lady Killers. IBS. You be what? That is a movie from like 2004 that I think only me, my wife, and my friend James liked. It had Tom Hanks, J.K. Simmons, Marlon Wayans, um, and a bunch of other people in it. But it's a really good movie, and it's a, a farce where they just all one by one get killed by the end of the movie and it's hilarious uh number four on the list we already mentioned heist movies where they get caught when you come in on monday and you're not feeling real well does anyone ever say to you sounds like someone has a case of the mondays it's office space no no man no man i believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that man (laughs) such a great movie (laughs) and honestly uh, Diedrich Bader's character in that movie might be my favorite character from any movie ever. Just because he's a neighbor, he can hear everything. He can hear the heist through the wall. Like, hey, don't say anything. Yeah, don't worry, man. I don't say nothing. Uh, next one, heist movies where they get caught. I actually don't have sound for this one, but I'm going to say uh, Baby Driver. Great movie. Just came out a couple of years ago. Or actually, God, 2017, so six years ago. And uh, number two, 
is that was the Partridge family's. Doesn't somebody want to be wanted? Reservoir Dogs by Edison Lighthouses. Love grows where my rosemary goes. If you're wondering, Jay Billy's super sounds of the '70s weekend just keeps on trucking. <laughs> Why I was playing Stephen Wright as the DJ there is because it was the only clip from the movie I could possibly play on the air, and it makes sense because he's a DJ under the same confines of the FCC that we are. And finally, the number one best heist movie where they get caught. And if you've ever seen the movie, you might argue that they don't, but I would argue that they did, is a movie called Logan Lucky, um, which was another movie I had trouble finding a clip from. But it's a movie that came out, again, about six years ago. Uh, It's got Channing Tatum. um, It has uh, Daniel Craig. And, uh, oh, who's who's Kylo Ren from Star Wars? I can never rem- remember the dude's name. Ooh, I'm blanking, too. Hang on a second. Oh, come on. Uh, Adam Driver. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a, what a, he's a very interesting man with a very boring name. Adam Driver. <laughs> uh, and it, it's a heist movie. It's by your, your dude who, uh, directed Ocean's Eleven, Steven Soderbergh. Oh, yeah. And... It's great because it's like a white trash Ocean's Eleven. There are these guys in West Virginia that are ripping off a NASCAR uh, Charlotte Speedway. And it's amazingly well done. It's incredibly well thought out. And no one went to see it. But I'm putting it at number one just because I'm encouraging people to go see it. If you haven't, it's fantastic. You will not be let down. Um, Moving on. I want to talk about this. Have you ever gotten everything you wanted from a situation? No. Could have been from <laughs> – that was quick. Uh, you could be your marriage or your career. If you ever got everything you wanted and then suddenly were depressed and miserable, because that does happen a lot. Um, how many rock stars become huge and famous and then do even more drugs or you know flame out? Um, I've known in radio lots of people who have become successful, gotten big, huge ratings, and found out, oh, no, I thought I'd be happy when I was successful. Turns out, oh, no, I'm not. That didn't fill the void. I'm bringing this up because an article an article came out about somebody that we all remember in Seattle. We all know and at one point loved. That person is Russell Wilson. An article in The Athletic came out about him alleging that he, before he was traded to the Broncos, was giving the Seattle Seahawks an ultimatum. And that was either fire Pete Carroll and John Schneider because they're holding me back in my quest to win additional Super Bowls. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they're taking the wooden spoon away from me, not letting me cook. He allegedly, according to this article, and according to sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the details, he said, fire those guys and replace, I guess, at least Pete Carroll with Sean Payton, who is now Russell Wilson's coach in Denver. Within days of that call, Officials from the team met and decided to pursue trading him um, to Denver, which they did. And by the way, the best line from the story 
was Russ wanted to cook, but when he got to Denver, the problem was there were too many cooks. <laughs> that is a great line. That's a great line, and it also makes me think of that viral video from like 10 years ago. Uh, too many cooks. So it's funny because what he wanted was total control. What he wanted was to be in charge. What he wanted, allegedly, by the way, was to be the boss. Well, then he goes to Denver, and he pays the cost to be the boss. Also a great James Brown tune. Thank you. I'm glad you got that. Uh, he gets his office on the second floor with all the other executives. No no quarter. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have an office in Kansas City. <laughs> you know what his office is? The locker. Where quarterbacks should have their office. But Russell Wilson gets his own office with and gets to pick his quarterback coach. And, and he's got like an entourage following him around the building. And if you want to talk to him, you have to talk to his agent, allegedly. He gets everything he wanted in Seattle in Denver. And what happens? He goes on to have the worst year of his career. One of the worst years any quarterback has ever had. In, in the NFL, and leads one of the worst offenses in NFL history in the Denver Broncos. And on top of all that, his legacy is forever tarnished. He was a laughingstock last year. The Broncos country, let's ride. The knee highs, doing the, the, the high knees on, uh, on the plane to England when everyone else was sleeping. The just absolute inability, it seemed like, to see himself clearly and to not just embrace, I think, the narcissism that was destroying his legacy. He went to Denver bound for the Hall of Fame. And now it seems like unless he with Sean Payton has an amazing couple of seasons to water down the just acrid bitterness that everyone in Denver had to swallow that last year. I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's going to Canton. And and it's also funny seeing people in Seattle and I love you guys. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to disparage you cuz I would be doing the same thing if this was a situation that I was in as a fan. But I've seen a lot of people say in Seattle, you know, oh, thank God we got rid of him because obviously Pete Carroll was a great coach and John Schneider's an amazing GM. They're both top 10 at their positions in the league. I've seen write-ups by, you know, People in uh, Seattle sports applauding Pete Carroll and John Schneider for making the tough decision of getting rid of Russ Wilson. That's not what was happening last year. I mean, I know there were a lot of people in Seattle who were happy that he was gone, but there were a lot of people who were not. And a lot of people that if he had gotten his way, if Russell Wilson had gotten his way and Pete Carroll had been fired, there are a lot of people who would have thought, thank God. And you know how I know that? Because the phrase, let Russ cook, didn't exist. But It wasn't just one guy saying that. 
That was the 12 saying that. That was the entire fan base believing that. That if this guy was just given the opportunity to cook, he would be amazing. And now the tune's a little bit different. Now the tune is, oh, thank God we didn't do that. Thank God we didn't let him cook. Now he's moved his restaurant to Denver, and we don't have to smell that god-awful cooking anymore. I, I, I also look at this, too. Sports is really I, – I, I love sports. I mean, that sounds like such a generic thing. To, I like sports. I'm like, I feel like I'm uh, like Rob Lowe wearing the NFL hat. But I, I do truly love sports for the simple reason – that you get to see human beings under extreme pressure try to perform psychological and physical feats of strength that most people will never be put in a position to do. And there's moments that won't just define a player or a coach. There are moments that will define an entire franchise possibly for its entire history. And I really, I referenced it last hour, but I really feel like when the Seahawks had the ball on the one yard line against the Patriots, after winning against the Broncos a year before and beating one of the best offenses in league history, just Molly Whopping, one of the best offenses in league history led by Peyton Manning. Now they're facing Tom Brady and are about to win. They have the ball on the one-yard line. All they have to do is hand it off to a sure thing in Marshawn Lynch. A man who was undeniable in the red zone. But instead, they get tricky. They get creative. And they decide, no, 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 let's let's pass here. They won't expect that. They'll be expecting us to hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. Let's pass it. Malcolm Butler for the Patriots intercepts the ball. Does a smart thing and runs out of the end zone. Because he kind of caught it like on the line of the end zone. It actually was a, a, a weird situation. But if you watch it, it's a very smart play. And I think if that play doesn't happen, I think Russell Wilson is still in Seattle. I think Pete Carroll's still there. And it's just one of the reasons I love sports is because you it's so hard in the, in 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 your life to go where was the moment where everything changed? It's usually not like that. It's usually like, well, you know, my marriage just kind of fell apart. We just weren't seeing eye to eye anymore or whatever. Or my career was just going down the tubes. I just, I was just afraid of my boss. I, 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 I just couldn't look him in the eye anymore. I would go in and just feel afraid to screw up. And that made me too timid to do my job. And with sports, we can go, nope, it was that stupid call on that stupid play. <laughs> it's Pete Carroll on the sidelines losing his gum. <laughs> it's, Everybody it loves is, the armchair quarterbacking. Yes. Oh, yeah, and look, I've heard a million explanations for why they made that play. But it still goes down as one of the dumbest plays in NFL history. And I think 
Pete Carroll is getting his chance at redemption. And I don't know that Russell Wilson ever really will. The thing is, that's, I think, also just fascinating about this. It's my original point on it. How many times did you in your life get what you wanted only to realize, holy crap, I didn't want this at all. This is too much. I I can say that as a radio personality. I, for years, thought if I, if my show could just, if I could just get, if I could just be number one, if I could just have those ratings, if I could just have this many people on my Facebook page, if I could have just this many people respond to a tweet. Well, at one point I had number one ratings and I got fired anyway. So <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it doesn't always matter. And, and I will say, become worried about maintaining the ratings because once you've you have done to worry it, about maintaining you don't the ratings. Slip. But I'll I'll tell you this: it's also if you get those ratings, you get that money. Whatever you want to do in your life, if you're expecting some artificial thing like a number to make you happy, whether that's money in your bank account or that's the amount of friends you have on social media. Or that's uh, you know your your performance, whatever, uh, however you want to qual- quantify or qualify your work. Those things aren't going to make you happy. You'll get there and go, man. I thought this would make me happy, but it turns out there's a big void inside of me that I need to figure out. What makes you happy? The people around you and the relationships you make. It's not the money. It's not numbers. And it's not cooking in Denver, apparently. And it's not steal my sunshine either. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, it kind of does make me a little happy. So, coming up, speaking of football, we're gonna talk about the complaints the FCC had about the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm gonna lodge one myself, actually. When Cairo Knights, Jonathan Weir, in for Spike when Neil continues. that we're in for Spike O'Neill. Thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. It's great to be on the station uh, talking to this city, this area. Um, I know I've said this before, but it is a, a an honor and a privilege to be doing this because this is a station that really does not exist anywhere else in the country. So I'm so glad that they're allowing me to do this again. Um, speaking of things that people might not be allowed to do again maybe rihanna won't be able to do the super bowl halftime show again because over a hundred people complained about her performance now if you want to put that in perspective it was 103 people that complained um the janet jackson halftime show with Justin Timberlake, where for some reason he pulled off her thing that showed her boob, but she was the only one that got in trouble. That had 540,000 complaints. So either we've become much more lenient as far as our tolerance for displays of aggressive 
pornographic sexuality or um, people don't know how to complain to the FCC anymore and they just really wanted to. They couldn't. <laughs> they just they couldn't find the button to do it. I was going to say, can't you do that online? Not that I'm yeah, encouraging I, our audience to do I, it. We, but... Let's not. Actually, you can't. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. That's the website is down <laughs> forever. You know those government websites. Healthcare.org did not work. No. Anyway, no, I, I don't. Anyway, moving on. Um, people were complaining about Rihanna's performance uh, during the Super Bowl, saying her performance and the song lyrics were too sexual. One person said, "Quote: I don't care what someone worships, but children shouldn't be exposed to pornography. And as an adult, I don't wish to see it." Where has decency gone? How about respect for others and self? Another said, quote, this year the halftime show was so indecent I had to turn off the TV because of the pornographic content. Rihanna didn't do a lot of dancing herself, by the way, since she was pregnant, but at least one person didn't like what they saw from her. Um, They said, quote, she spread her cheek at the crack and then rubbed her pants where her uh, this it's funny, but this is a complaint to the FCC that I cannot read over the air. <laughs> oh, the irony! Because it would violate <laughs> protocols set forth by the FCC. <laughs> but she rubbed the part where her bathing suit might cover. It's not the words they use; they use different words three times. So this person they were watching was sitting closely. there watching, going like one. One, she rubbed it twice. That's three times. Now I got to complain. <laughs> so is the now I got to complain to the FCC. If it was a number before three, they would not have filed the complaint. That's my question. They, two uh, is acceptable. Yeah, three is over the line. Two and a half, two and three quarters even. But once it makes that third rotation, can't have. That's that. when your children are traumatized. And that's when all bets are off, and it's time to contact the FCC. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of impressed by this because I honestly feel like people are throwing around the term porn <laughs> way too loosey goosey. Because it, I I did not watch the halftime show live because uh, since the Chiefs, my team, were losing by ten points. I uh, was in the garage with my friends who are also all Chiefs fans, just crushing <laughs> Miller lights and uh, going, he'll be fine. I know his ankle looked bad, but he's, he's Patrick Mahomes. He'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, we willed that into existence with our drunken attitude. And it worked. But I did go back and watch her performance later because, you know, I, I'm a professional. I, I felt like I needed to comment on it at some point. And I I did not find it to be pornographic. Though, of course, because my mom is listening, I, I need to say I've never watched porn. So I'd have no idea what porn would even look like. Um, but if that's it, I don't know. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, I, I'm going to lodge a complaint right now, though, about Super Bowl halftime shows. And it's this. I hate him. I don't ever want to see another one. <laughs> I don't ever want there to be a Super Bowl halftime show again. And I know that's a futile thing because a lot of people tune in for it. And I'm I'm sure a lot of you listening liked the halftime show. You probably a lot of you are Rihanna fans. I can say 
that I've, as a, a, a music fan and a football fan, have never enjoyed a Super Bowl halftime show as much as I would have enjoyed hearing people do commentary about the game that we just saw or seeing an actual performance because a Super Bowl halftime show is not a real performance. It's so much lip syncing. And then if you like a song, well, guess what? We're going to play a minute and a half of it, and that's it. That's like, all you're getting. Like, how many songs? Did she get, like, 12 songs into her set? Oh, my. I think it was 13. Uh, Yeah. And I, I didn't know that much. I mean, it, it, Rihanna's impressive, I guess, because I don't – I'm a 41-year-old man. I'm not, obviously, in her demo. And I recognized most of those songs, and it was kind of like, oh, I think I've heard this at a Target before. I think I've – I think I've heard this before. So that, that I mean, that she basically has written or been involved in every pop hit for the last 10 years. And even then, I was like, I don't care. I would rather watch something else. And I really do feel like the NFL could make a ton of money if they did a pay-per-view version of the Super Bowl where you pay NFL plus or whatever, $15, $20, and they'll give you a Super Bowl without commercials. And they'll give you a Super Bowl with, instead of a halftime show, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't want Terry Bradshaw doing it. But, uh, <laughs> intelligent sportscasters doing commentary during the halftime about the game that you're watching. Problem is, so much of it is the commercials. Even if the game sucks, people tune in to see the ads. So a commercial-free version of the Super Bowl isn't actually as appealing as a commercial-free version of just about anything else. That's that's true. I still don't care about the ads either. I just I just don't. You hate and fun, I, and don't I know, you? I, it's not that I hate fun. I hate fun when it's packaged as "Hey, buy our fun." Hey, we hired a bunch of sketch artists to disguise the fact that we're you know stealing all of the uh, wealth from the lower class and funneling it up. But hey, that Geico commercial's funny. I'm just sorry. I, I, I'm, Props um, to Tubi, though, for the disruptiveness of that. That was probably the most brilliant thing you possibly could have done with an ad. You know what I noticed? No cryptocurrency commercials this year. Isn't that weird? Huh. I wonder why. Isn't that weird? There were 23 last year. None this year. Anyway, a lot more coming up. Kyra Knight's Jonathan Weirin for Spike O'Neill. Nights, Jonathan. We're in for Spike O'Neill. Um, you know, I just realized, Matt, during the break, I uh, I made some popcorn. I was eating it. Yeah, popcorn is the great equalizer because you could be me, or you could be like like George Clooney in the '90s, or <laughs> Brad Pitt in the '90s, or I don't know any cool guy ever. And you look like a huge dork eating popcorn. Like, it's just <laughs> inescapable. Because it's not a food that if you... There's no way to do it. Yeah, where you, you don't look, look stupid. cool eating popcorn. It's impossible to pull you that off. You cannot. You're just crying your face like that. Just rubbing it. Basically, you don't even... It's not... 
It's like something a caveman would eat. It's just you just rub it into your mouth. And if you try to do it all dainty like, like, oh, I'm just going to do one piece at a time, you look like a weirdo, like a freak. <laughs> oh, I'll just have a little bite, mm, just a little bit of popcorn. No, no, you can't do that. It's either all. Or, you can't mm, break out your bit. fine china and your popcorn fork. <laughs> Eat it daintily. Eat it daintily. Uh, yeah, another one is uh, I, I think popsicles and ice cream. Hmm. Uh, an ice cream cone. An yeah. ice cream cone. I think yeah, yeah. Ice cream is just a spoon, fine. But an ice cream cone, if somebody was, like, ordering an execution and they're eating, like, they were saying, you know, we're, you really screwed up. Now we're going to put you up against the wall and on the count of three. And But they're eating an ice cream cone. I'd be like, okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you look silly. I can't take this seriously. You're a big silly willy who's going to kill me. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I like food that's, that, that ukulizes everybody. It makes all of us look stupid. Uh, speaking of looking stupid, I knew that this was coming, but I was, I am aware enough of the cultural zeitgeist and where things are headed and, and, and PC culture and wokeness to have believed in it a little bit. Earlier this week, there were reports that they were going to go in and censor and edit the books of Raul Dahl. Uh, that Puffin, his publisher, or Penguin, Penguin, whatever. How did I get those confused? Penguin, his publisher, was going to go in and censor some of his most famous works, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Matilda and the Witches. Specifically, one that was going to come out was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory would no longer have any references to people being fat, which I don't know how you do because one of the main characters, it's it. I realized this a long time ago, Matt. You ever seen the movie Seven? Yes, absolutely. Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. He's John Doe in Seven. Okay, he's picking those kids off based on their cardinal sins. Yes. Yes. And Augustus Gloop is the <laughs> rotund German child in that, and he's he's described as fat. I don't know how else you do it. Even if you say overweight, it's like, ah, it doesn't have the, the bearing. You need to really lay into him. Genu- generously re- proportioned doesn't quite have the same snap. It doesn't. No, and it's too warty, and Raul Dahl would just said he's a fat piece of crap. <laughs> um <laughs> Guess what, though? They're not, they're going to release some of the books again as classics. So there will be the censored versions, but now they also are releasing the classic versions. If any of you were alive in the 80s, you know that this is just New Coke. That, that was literally what New Coke was. It was uh, Pepsi was kicking Coke's butt. So Coke was like, hey, how about Coke 2? We'll call it New Coke, and we'll put it out there. And then Coke is just Coke, and then there was New Coke. And everybody hated New Coke, hated the formula change, and they're like, okay, we'll get rid of it. Now you can have Coca-Cola Classic. For me, this is like buying the CD at Walmart versus buying the CD at a real record store. Uh, That's good. Like, instead of Rape Me by Nirvana, you got Waif Me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
which was a thing that uh, that happened at Walmart. Uh, the waif me thing, weird, weird thing. Uh, here's the the thing though with books. There, if if you're uncomfortable reading one, that's good because you're you're experiencing someone else's point of view. And that should never be a comfortable thing. You shouldn't agree with everything everybody that you're experiencing the work of has to say. Whether that's Raul Dahl or me or anybody on the station or the news anchor you watch or an athlete who you're watching speak at a podium. If you're going through life expecting to agree with everything that one person has to say, then you're just a drone. That could be a politician, could be a writer, could be anybody. You need some disagreement. Books should be kind of uncomfortable. I would generally, in principle, agree with you, but these are children's books, so I imagine there are some parents who will like these new versions because it uses you know, nicer language that they don't oh want their kids God. to pick up on the the other words, I suppose. That's yeah, let's the let's shelter the kids from words like fat. Yeah. Or witch. I mean, it's ridiculous. I know I was scarred reading the Raw Doll books. Don't even get me started <laughs> on what Aslan and Narnia did to me. I was going through wardrobes looking for fantasy worlds and goats that would talk to me. Ugh. I played too much Super Mario World and that got me on the mushrooms. Now, yeah. Now, <laughs> Now you're a plumber <laughs> with your brother searching for princesses in the sewer. With a bad mushroom habit. It's Kyra Knight, Jonathan Weir. More coming up. Mm-hmm.